live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. We definitely have to win more games than we lose for sure. This is the Press Box. We check the analytical data at halftime, and, and according to that data, you know, our, our defensive shot quality, we would have been number one in the league. With Grady and Bischoff. Uh, because they were contested, you know, they moved the ball on some of them. Some of them, uh, it was by design, certain guys that we gave, you know, shifted even more off of, off the ball. You know, credit to them, they, they, made, they made shots tonight, you know, 17 threes and a half. That's, it's incredible. On ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go. Ed, Tyler, and Jared. Happy Valentine's Day out there. That's a big day for a lot of people. I kind of forgot it was Valentine's Day. Did you? Yeah. Oh, no. That's okay. Is it a big deal at the house or no? No, not at all. It's not? No, doesn't care one bit. Really? Yeah, not a chance. Not a chance? No, doesn't matter. Boy, fortunate. Yeah, it's uh, whatever. (laughs) Valentine's Day. Who cares about Valentine's Uh, Day? Mm. I don't know. What are you doing today? I got the gifts. I came through. Once she approved the charges. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there's a story there. Quick one. Um, I enjoy uh, the sea suckers. The what suckers? Seas. Seas. You know, sea suckers. Is that a brand? Yeah. Oh. I don't Jared. know why he's looking at me, because uh, unless it's early in the morning. Jared doesn't know what it is either. All right. You, brand of so, suckers. Okay. All right. So she was going to get them, right? But I went to go get her something, but I didn't know she'd already been there. So I'm like, yeah, I'll pick them up for myself and just give them to her as a gift. Oh, these are fancy. Yes, but she picked them up already. So all I've heard about is we've paid too much money for these suckers. <laughs> <laughs> so you better you to, enjoy those suckers. I'm telling you what, I'm going to bring in a few for you guys because we have way too many now. <laughs> I was going to, I was doing her favor, you know, I'll pick them up and then uh, hand them off. She can hand them back. But she had snuck out and already done that, and uh, yeah, not happy. Yeah, things are pricey. It's kind of cute, though. It's kind of pricey. It's kind of cute. Yeah, maybe, but uh, she wasn't <laughs> I happy. Mean, wait, how, what package are you getting? Because I'm, I'm seeing a Valentine's lollipop for like $28. Got the $28 package, which, again, she was upset at because that's what... It's a pound of lollipops. That's a lot. I'm gonna say, how many suckers are we getting for twenty dollars? I think I think you did fine on your value. You're just gonna be good for a whole year. Yeah. Oh, but by far. You know, I forget, and, and by tomorrow I'll forget they're even there. So I'll forget they're even there. So you have one or two, and then you're like, all right, that's good. You gotta start double fisting suckers, Ed. No, I, I, I can't do two that. at the same time. But anyway, she uh, the look on her face when I'm like, hey, I picked them up. You can give it to me. She's like, what are you talking about? I already got them. Was it Kojak that always walked around with the yeah. with a lollipop? Yeah, I think exactly. that needs to be your new look. And <laughs> like, look. show up to press conference and go, Ed Graney, take the lollipop out of your mouth. <laughs> Review <laughs> journal. The first bite. Which QB should the Raiders ask to be their Valentine? <laughs> I think uh, you and I have talked about this. It's not Zach Wilson. If we were talking about the two that are the names that are out there so far, I just, he's got injuries, but Garoppolo, I think, would come cheaper than Aaron Rodgers, but he's got injuries. So is he better than Carr? So that's the, that's a great question. Is it an even swap? At this point, let's just do Tyler's plan. Let's just keep Carr at that point. Well, they haven't. I don't think they've waived them yet. They've not. They got another day to uh, wait around here. So, 
There's a story in The Athletic of an anonymous NFL exec, and he said, it just seems like a weird fit, talking about Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers' personality and Josh McDaniels. I think Josh would probably rather develop his own guy than have Rodgers, and I think he'd rather have Garoppolo than Rodgers. Knows him better. So, as far as... uh, You can't even say free agent, because Rodgers is not a free agent. As far as potentially available quarterbacks this offseason, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, potentially, Garoppolo as a free agent. And then after that... Geno Smith maybe becomes available. Daniel Jones maybe becomes available. Lamar Jackson maybe becomes available. Well, if he's available, I like that guy over anyone you've already mentioned. The problem with Lamar Jackson is you're going to have to wait a long time for Lamar Jackson to become available. Like, that's a guy who, like, his situation with the Ravens is not getting resolved anytime soon. So if you think you're going to get Lamar Jackson, you're probably having to wait quite a while before the Ravens actually give up for because Lamar they Jackson. can franchise tag him. Yeah, they're going to franchise tag him, and the Ravens are going to expect him to show up and play. And even if Lamar walks in and says, I want to be traded, I won't play on the franchise tag, the Ravens might still say, tough. Right. You're still right. our quarterback. You're still the quarterback. So that one probably doesn't get resolved too quickly. So it's really not a big pool of quarterbacks that are available because in reality it's only Jimmy Garoppolo right now Rodgers is not available right. yet Geno no, Smith's not available are, or uh, Daniel Jones, Daniel is, not Jones available, is not available right? it's really not a big group of people so the question on who of these free agent quarterbacks or trade candidate quarterbacks would you want I think Gino. a lot of it comes down to to what the price is right and how much are they going to cost obviously Rodgers is better but like what is Jimmy Garoppolo going to sign for? Because if if Jimmy Garoppolo, if his contract ends up being, you know, $25, 30000000 dollars or more a season, there's no, no way the Raiders no. should be interested no. in that. Not at all. Not if he's that much money. Right. Because that's essentially Derek Carr 2.0, yeah. maybe worse than Derek Carr for with his injuries, he might be worse. Right. For the same amount of money, maybe a little bit of a discount. And I just don't know how to predict how much money Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get because he's coming off of injuries. You saw Brock Purdy do really well for the 49ers after Garoppolo got hurt, sort of throwing a damp towel on how good Garoppolo actually is. But there's a chance he's the second best free agent quarterback behind Mm -hmm. Derek Carr. If all those other quarterbacks don't actually get moved, if Rodgers decides he's staying in Green Bay, Seattle locks up Geno, the Giants lock up Daniel Jones. Lamar stays where he's at. It's Derek Carr. Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's Jimmy Garoppolo. And if he's the second best free agent quarterback, he's probably getting a significant deal. I can't imagine the second best free agent quarterback signing a one-year $15 million deal. Well, the Raiders should take that. Right. If that's the option, then you got no problem really with Garoppolo. But if he's the if he's the second best available quarterback, he's probably going to get a significant deal. In which case, if you're the Raiders, you'd say no, thank you. We're not interested in that because we just we just had that guy for thirty plus million dollars. So I don't have any idea how much Garoppolo is going to cost, and that's the I think the number one factor into who you should want at quarterback this offseason. Okay, if he costs that much money, then what's the give back? What would you give up for Aaron Rodgers? 
if he costs if he if you're like all right we're not paying Jimmy Garoppolo 30 million a year if we're going to pay anybody that it's going to be Aaron Rodgers right I personally wouldn't give up much for Rodgers like the Packers are going to ask for oh multiple, multiple ones and I'm, if I'm the Raiders I'm not doing that because if I give up multiple ones hooray I have Aaron Rodgers I'm now paying him a whole bunch of money and my team still sucks yeah I haven't done anything around right. Aaron Rodgers to make the team better. Right. And what does it matter if we have him if the defense still stinks? Right. I mean, didn't did, haven't the Packers done that to Aaron Rodgers for the last couple seasons? No, they've had great defenses until this year. Uh, yeah. All right, fair but enough. The whole thing about the Rodgers and not drafting skill position guys, they built good defenses yeah. and offensive lines. And they said, hey, you're really good. Throw make to fat Mar- number make, 80. Make, make Marquez Valdez-Scantling good. Yeah. And he did because he's good. It was there was no real issue with the Packers roster building. They had a great quarterback, and they said, "Make these average receivers good. We're going to take care of everything at, else." At some point, Scantling's going to go to a regular quarterback and be like, "Oh, this sucks," <laughs> <laughs> like Devontae Adams did this year. So the available quarterbacks, me. it's it's interesting because a lot of it comes down to cost, and Rodgers is going to be extremely high to acquire. And then extremely high to actually pay. And extremely high. Garoppolo probably won't be that much to acquire because he's just signing a free agent contract. But at the end of the day, I think the Raiders' best option is going to be to draft somebody. I think that's their right. best overall I, yeah. option this offseason. I think so too, but who would who would be the guy if that guy's not ready? Would you, how about Jared Stidham? Would just you would you hire and would you would you bring back Jared Stidham if you got one of those top two? Sure, if Stidham yeah. is the backup though. I'm not starting Stidham. If I draft a quarterback in the first round, that guy's the starting quarterback of the team. I'm not sitting around blowing a year. I got five years of him on this rookie deal. We're finding out as soon as I can if he's any good. And if I put him in there and he's Zach Wilson, see you later. We're drafting another Wilson. one because if he's Zach Wilson, we're drafting top five. And we're gonna have might a, get the USC right, kid. We might get Caleb Williams next year. But I, if I draft one in the first round, that guy's the starting quarterback of the team. So sure, bring back Sidham to be the backup in case that guy gets hurt or he's just awful, and you know four weeks in that he's right. bad. But I'm drafting one, and I don't whatever. Sidham can come back. Sidham can go. It doesn't matter to me because get ultimately, clipboard. if you're if you're the Raiders, you have to find your franchise quarterback. It's true, and. Maybe Aaron Rodgers can be that guy for a couple of seasons. Maybe. But outside of that, none of these other names that are available or potentially available are your franchise quarterback. Yeah. If Lamar became available, well, he's then possibly. Different. Yeah. But none of these other guys are a franchise quarterback. All these other guys are short term or stopgap or hey, you're still looking up at Mahomes and Herbert and maybe Russell Wilson. Right? So I want my I need to find my franchise quarterback. And the best way for me to do that is to draft one. Now I might miss. I'm a draft sack Wilson, and guess what? We suck, guys. But that's the risk I think you have to take because you're not catching the Chiefs, and hell, you're probably not catching the Chargers with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'd be drafting a guy, especially because you have the seventh overall pick. You can make, It's a lot easier to trade up from seven to two or seven to one. Texans probably wouldn't trade off of that, but it's a lot easier to trade up from seven to one than it's going to be from 14 to one, right? If they go get Garoppolo and they go nine and eight, the pick in 14th. Right. What that you doesn't there? help you. That right. doesn't help you. You get to draft Mac Jones at 14. Right. Congratulations. So their Valentine should be none of the quarterbacks 
but the NFL draft. Their Valentine should be to trade up to number one today. Okay. I, I think you guys are making totally valid points. And if you are looking for the best interest of the team, yes, what you said is correct. Who should they go get for the best interest of this show? Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, okay, yes, that's yes. fair. Mostly just because I will always have sound that we can break down as, what do you think he means? Yeah. 100% Aaron Rodgers. It would be Rodgers 1, Lamar uh, Jackson 2, and then I'd probably say like Daniel Jones 3 because we would have, is this guy good? Because every four weeks, he'd have one great game, one awful game, and two eh games. And we'd be like, is he good? Maybe. And we will not know ever. See, Aaron Rodgers wanna... just for the sound bites. Yeah, that's a really good point. See, and I want like somebody goofy just for, for the, man, this team is so weird. You want A.J. Cole to play quarterback? I want Zach Wilson. I want uh, No, I want A.J. McCarron with no shirt. <laughs> what is he doing now? I think he's on the SEC network. Oh. No, isn't that McElroy? Oh, God. No, I think you're right. He's doing something. He's like the third <laughs> string color guy for one of these college networks. All right. Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, we get into the Golden Knights and what they might do at the trade deadline. Segris out of the box, brings it in. Floats it left and a shot. Tipped home. Isaac Lundestrom. And the Ducks answer back. Zegras out of the box. A tic-tac-toe goal for the Ducks. And now trail 5-2. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. The NHL trade deadline. Still a little ways away. Don't have to uh, start making trades right now unless you're Patrick Kane. So, the Athletic had this story on Patrick Kane. And it was interesting because the way they framed it, is solely around, does Patrick Kane tell Chicago he wants to be traded? Because he has a no-movement clause, so right. Chicago can't just trade him. But the way it was phrased is that if Patrick Kane asks for a trade, Chicago will trade him. him. If he doesn't, then Chicago won't even like bring it up. They'll just be like, yeah, what? Okay, just forget about it. And the interesting part is that apparently, according to the story, Patrick Kane would have been interested in going to the New York Rangers. But the New York Rangers just made a significant trade. Exactly. And that most likely eliminates Patrick Kane from getting traded to the Rangers. Now, where the Golden Knights come in is, according to the story, four teams have shown interest in Patrick Kane. Carolina, Dallas, Minnesota, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Kane has to waive his no trade clause to get traded. He's in the final year of his contract. He's making $10.5 million. So this is a move the Golden Knights can only make once they put Mark Stone on long-term IR because that will free up some cap space there. Should the Golden Knights be going after Patrick Kane? Should is an interesting question, but you know they will because they can't help themselves. <laughs> they can't help themselves. If they think this guy has interest in them, it won't matter. Won't matter. They can, can can they ever go through a trade deadline if someone who makes a lot of money has interest in they won't go after him, right? Did the Blackhawks leak the Golden Knights name just, just to because? Make- yeah, just because they knew. Oh my God, if there's interest here, and then McCrimmon had to say, "Wait a minute, we have. I guess we do have interest in them." <laughs> McPhee and McCrimmon never yes. reached out, and they're yeah. like, "Wait, what? We're yeah. interested. Yeah, yeah, we are we're interested, interested in Patrick Kane." <laughs> 
So, Patrick Kane, uh, this season in 48 games, only adds nine goals and 26 assists. He has not been this super productive forward for the Blackhawks. Now, the Blackhawks. Chicago's not any good. Um, Bringing him to Vegas, presumably his production would go up. It's a better team. I'm guessing if they traded for him, Patrick Kane would be playing with Jack Eichel. I'm guessing they would essentially put him into Mark Stone's spot. That would be the idea of trading for Patrick Kane. But do you trade and whatever the assets end up being, it might, it's probably going to be a first round pick plus something else for Patrick Kane. Do you give away those assets to bring in a guy who's making 10 and a half million if he has to be effectively carried by his teammates. Because if the argument is, hey, he scored nine goals, but it's because he's in Chicago. He doesn't have a good team around him. Then you're bringing in a guy who's only going to succeed here because he has better teammates. Because he has better him. players around him. So is that worth it? Is that worth a, you know, a first-round pick, some more assets most likely, and eating up all your available cap space, which is what they would be doing by bringing in Patrick Kane? Probably not as much as what you said, which is you need two to three players instead on the $10 million. And look, what's, be, and look what's happened with the goalie anyway, because we, we don't know how long he's really out. There's, there's, there's three things I think the Golden Knights could realistically look at. One of which is a defenseman if you thought some other guys were going to get hurt. If they were perfectly healthy the rest of the year, they don't need another defenseman. Right. They're good to go. But they've barely been healthy with their defenseman all season. They're, it's very unlikely they stay completely healthy the rest of the year. So maybe you look at a defenseman. But the real two areas... One is goaltender, Goalie. which we don't know how long Logan right. Thompson is out. Uh, Bruce Cassidy made it appears, though it wasn't long-term injury. Uh, you kind of have three weeks here, two weeks here for Aiden Hill and Laurent Brossois to show they can keep it afloat. Maybe a lot longer. Right. So goalie is definitely an area where the Golden Knights should at least be looking. And then the other one is winger. Right. If you go through the forward lines, they're they're pretty good at center, right? Jack Eichel, Chandler Stevenson, William Carlson, Nick Waugh. Those are their top four centers. Obviously, if you lose one, that's not good. And maybe you can make the argument you can never have too many centers. But where this team is weakest is a, at their wingers, especially after losing Mark Stone. Mark Stone. So Patrick Kane fills one of those spots. He's a winger, right? You could just take Mark Stone's spot. But if you have nine, ten million to spend. Patrick Kane doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, right? Two guys making five million. Because you make up, you, you lose all your money in one, one, one swing. Yeah. Three guys making three million. Right. Two guys making five makes, to a me, a lot up. more sense. Yeah, because you can get a winger who, granted, might not be as good as Patrick Kane, but you can get a right winger to play with Jack Eichel on the trade deadline. And you might be able to get another defenseman. That's, might be able to get know, a goalie. He's your seventh guy. Or... You might be able to get a decent goalie out there. So to me, it makes a lot more sense for this team to try to plug in a couple of holes with cheaper players. And here's the thing. A $5 million player is probably going to be a pretty good player. That's Riley Smith right now. That's Jonathan Marshall type players, right? So a $5 million player, you're, you're probably getting a decent player. And I just think that's a much, much better option right. than blowing it all on one player. On Patrick Kane. Which, which means is, Kane's coming. <laughs> <laughs> which means which means they're going to be introducing Patrick Kane at the deadline. <laughs> oh, they might. The, here's the the real answer, Ed, is 
they'll find a way to not only trade for Patrick Kane, but also add like two other players yes. because they shipped <laughs> off like three guys on the team. We're just looking around saying like, wait a minute, they traded Theodore? What? Who was their last, I mean, who who was their, I guess it's Nick Hag, right? Like he was the last drafted player to actually start a game for them? He's like the only one. Okay, so yeah. I'd have he's... to double check. Some of these forwards they've used from Henderson <laughs> might be. Right. But Haig is like legitimately the on their only re- on their regulars, right? The only like, hey, we drafted right. this guy and he's in our lineup. Right. On a I think it's time basis. to get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> Logan Thompson should probably count in that too. Because he wasn't drafted, but that's even more impressive. An undrafted guy becomes an NHL Your regular one goalie. Yeah. So it, those are really the only two like internal developed in the lineup on a regular basis guys they have. Can you trade an injured guy? Uh, are you allowed to in hockey? You can in the NBA. We've seen a lot of that. Um, I, I think you. I, I think you might not be able to in hockey. Yeah, I didn't think so. But I mean, if you could package the two developed talents <laughs> and go get a, an aging superstar, you got to make that move. <laughs> Which is probably what they will actually do. Um, on the Logan Thompson injury situation, because we didn't get to this yesterday, Bruce Cassidy uh, said he was week to week with a lower body injury. Um, they did not, he did not sound like it was a season ending injury, right? So Logan Thompson probably is coming back right. at some point this season. To be fair, Bruce Cassidy thought Mark Stone was coming back after the all-star break. And then he had to have surgery and now his season might be over. Right. So it might not go exactly well, but for Logan Thompson, it's not a recurring back injury that he suffered. No, he just... I mean, it was a groin. It was uh, something, yeah. some kind of muscle just by the way he reacted. Yeah. So, Gold Knights are 3-0 and since the All-Star break. Um, Aiden Hill got the win in the last game. They scored seven goals. Would have been hard for anybody to not get the winning goal. What should our expectations be? If Logan Thompson is out, if, the, if he misses, let's say, 15 games. Well, I'd like to see how they play against the Pacific. Because that's where they've struggled the most. They did beat Anaheim. The good Pacific. Let's well, say the they, good Pacific. The good Pacific. Yeah, let's see the good Pacific. <laughs> I mean, look, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, I don't think there's, I don't know if I'm going to say there's any doubt, but they're close to any doubt. We'll ask Ryan at 930 what he thinks. Um, I think they're going to make the play. I think those should, at this point, that should be the expectations, make the playoffs. They do not play. Where where are the good teams in the Pacific? They don't play them for a little while here. They play the Sharks this week. They do play the Flames next week. But the next time they play Edmonton, the Oilers, is they play on March 25th. Uh, yeah, they don't. The Kings is not until April. Where 6th. they go next week? Chicago, and then well, they, they could just move dressing rooms. Oh, that's a, a good point. Have them come over. Maybe that's what they're waiting for. They yeah, do go to Chicago. Yeah, a week from today, they're in Chicago. Just uh, Patrick, uh, come over come here. On over here. And then they don't play Seattle again until the, the last two games of the regular season are both against Seattle. The so they actually don't play the teams they're competing with for like a month. So. If they can get by, I mean, the schedule is still, there's still some difficult games on here, but if they can get by, they might actually uh, be able to survive here in the Pacific without Logan Thompson. They literally are trying to save on the cap by like, no, 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 just get on our bus instead of your bus. (laughs) (laughs) All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, David Roth joins the show. Subscribe to The Distraction, a multitude production for Defector. Listen to The Distraction wherever you get your podcasts. He is adorned in flannel and still doesn't have a building super. He eats soup cooked on a hot plate. David Roth from Defector is here to tell us about his uninstalled appliances. Good morning, David. Sorry. 
Hey. Uh, all right. We're starting. We're starting with the NBA today because I need to know how long do you think Jason Kidd lasts as the head coach of the Mavericks? So I'm sort of taking a positive from yesterday's game. Uh, the way it ended was hilarious. The like sort of I got it, you take it routine between Luca and Kyrie at the end. I feel like he's going to make it through the season, and that might be that. Uh, and I don't know that Kyrie necessarily is. I, I guess if you trade for him, you got to sign him. But it, there's maybe some possibility, and I think this is like as high a possibility as there is of any coach doing it, of him being the key that fits the weird rusted lock in Kyrie's <laughs> brain and like turns it. But maybe he respects him, maybe because he watched him growing up. I mean, like Kyrie Irving, one of a couple things that he and I have in common uh, is that we both grew up as New Jersey Nets fans and thought Jason Kidd was really cool. So, like, maybe that gets him another little while. Sooner or later, Kyrie's going to plug him into the broader sweep of, like, the Illuminati, and it'll be over. But uh, he might he might have a little while longer than, like, it seems like. Kyrie might really respect that spill the water on the court to get an extra timeout move that Jason Kidd pulled when he was in Milwaukee. I think that, honestly, I feel like everybody should respect that. <laughs> because it's the sort of thing. I mean, Jason Kidd, if you watched him, like, long enough, like, I remember a little bit the cool Jason Kidd. By the time he got to the Nets, he was slowing down. But the, like dyed blonde hair, like Dallas Phoenix version of him was like a really swaggy, cool player. He spent the last like 10 years of his career playing like an old guy in a pickup game, like just like a guy who's wearing like Timberlands and jeans who like successfully (laughs) backs you down under the basket and then gets a layup. So the like dumping 12 ounces of Diet Coke on the floor and being like, oops, guess that fast break can't happen now. That is, like, actually perfectly fitting with, like, the version of Jason Kidd that I watched for the last decade of his career. So, on the other side of the Nets trading away star players, do we think Phoenix is just, it's going to work once they're all healthy, and that's just obviously a team that's going to be a title contender for three or four years, or is there anything to actually be worried about with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, or, uh, excuse me, Kevin Durant teamed up? It seems like it should work. The only reason I think it wouldn't work is that Brooklyn didn't work. And I don't think that that was Durant's fault. I mean, he played his ass off when he was healthy enough to do it. And I think it's like for a guy that always gets, you know, 25 shots a game is not a like super ball dominant, disruptive player like that. Like he's a pretty complete player for a guy that scores as much as he does. The challenge there is just that, like, I don't know. There's not like a bench necessarily anymore. They traded all of that. But there's also just, like, that is a lot to try to fit together over the course of a few weeks. And then in the playoffs, if you don't have it all locked in, then, like, they could get bounced by anybody. I mean, like, they'd probably not have the Clippers, but by by almost anybody. And I think that that, they will have some time to sort of figure it out. But uh, that seems like a tougher one to me than the idea of, like, if on paper, obviously now we know that there's a lot of complicating factors. But if you were, like, Kyrie Irving plus Kevin Durant plus, you know, it doesn't need to be James Harden, but some other guy. I'm still surprised at how badly that worked. Because you have, like, a distributor, a wing scorer, and then, like, a, a shooter, you know, that basically if you want to plug Harden into that. And the Suns sort of, I guess, sort of have that. I just feel like there's a difference with where Chris Paul is in his career in terms of, like, how all of that gets managed and I don't know that like Booker and Durant 
are quite as complimentary as like Kyrie and Durant seemed on paper. But again, that was on paper. That team stunk. They won one playoff series. So like, maybe I just need to get out of that frame of reference and thinking about it. Do you think it's going to work? Like, I feel like Durant's still really great. It just feels like one of those things where it's going to be awfully hard to sort of put together on the fly. Yeah, this year probably not, but over the course of three or four, I, the, yeah. here, we've had this conversation with you before. When you say, does it work? Like, does that get defined as win the championship? And because we do that, especially in the NBA, where if you didn't win the championship, yeah. you, you you failed. And I probably don't think they win the title in the next three or four years, but they're, they're, you know, going to be one of the two or three best in the West over the next three or four years. So does that def- count as working? Then yes. If not, then no, I don't think they win a title. Yeah, I think that has to count as working, too. I think that there's this tendency, it's certainly like, you know, the whole, like, rings discourse and all of, you know, the, the broader Kobe-related cultural brain damage that we have sustained <laughs> as a society does kind of, like, point in that direction. To me, like, when I say work, I think, like, work better than it did in Brooklyn. Like, I think that there's there's very few instances of, of, of superstar, you know, two, three superstar pairing working as badly as that. It's just, I don't know, maybe that's that's what it is. I hadn't thought, I think, that it was possible for you to put together, you know, three Hall of Famers on a team and have them be bad. All right, David, I got to ask it, you. I think it is. Question of the week. Did, question of the week. Did you mind the call in the Super Bowl? Uh, Wait, say again? Did you mind the call, the holding call in the Super Bowl? I thought it was annoying, yeah. Uh, it was just one of those things where you never really want to be reminded that there's refs out there, you know, and it was the thing that I will, and you know, James Bradbury guy enjoyed watching with the Giants, like super stand up move, owning it. I think it probably was a call. It's just one of those. I mean, it was, it was an infraction. I don't like the call. I also think that given the way the chiefs were playing that, like, that's not your difference maker. They were going to win that game. They were going to win that game from the moment that, uh, the Eagles punted and Kadarius Tony of all people returned at 70 yards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I just think that there's, they, I, I read one of the the Chiefs had like two third downs in the second half. Like they just were not slowing down at all. So it's annoying that that was the thing that you could like point to as the deciding factor. But uh, it, yeah, I don't think it necessarily was the difference maker, which is the reason why I'm not as mad about it as it would be. Here, here is a sports talk radio question for you: Who wins? Nice. I love this. Who wins more? titles at the end of their career Giannis or Patrick Mahomes uh Patrick Mahomes I think he's good for another couple probably I've been amazed at how good they have been able to stay because that like they're already at that stage of having been a good team for a long time where they're starting to like cut people loose like the fact that they just moved on without Tyreek Hill and the offense got better is something that I think should be studied (laughs) Like, it doesn't make sense. They replaced him with a bunch of guys that are, like, freely available in week five in an average 18 fantasy draft. Like, they were just like, all right, Juju Smith-Schuster. And it worked. And I think that at that level, like, without having, like, really added star-grade personnel anywhere in the skill positions on the offense to have been this much better offensively this year, I don't know what the ceiling is for that. I mean, I think at some point, you know, maybe – I mean, you want to say if Eric Bieniemy leaves, but I think Reed calls the plays anyway. Like, I don't know where this ends. Like, it ends when Mahomes gets bored, or like Lord willing, if he stays healthy. Like, I think 
three to five more years of this doesn't feel unrealistic to me at this point. Does it end when Mahomes suddenly opens his third eye and goes dark and becomes a weirdo? <laughs> I think this is this is what it's going to take. Somebody needs. If I were in player personnel, or you know, in the espionage department of some team in the AFC, I would start uh, just messaging Mahomes about like, hey, why don't you look uh, for the Hebrew name of God on Netflix? <laughs> fine. Maybe there's something there that's interesting to you and that teaches you a little bit more about who you are and where you're from and uh, who's really Jewish. <laughs> you're, so you're trying to set up basically blind dates between Patrick Mahomes and Kyrie Irving if you're the head coach of the Raiders right now. I feel like every team should be doing that. You should just be mailing him incense. Like, that's how it starts. And then see there's some element there that maybe it, like, triggers something in his brain. This is the thing with Mahomes that's amazing, too. He's, like, 27, you know, so he's, like, he's a person, but he's, like, not fully person. I think that he seems way more normal and pleasant than the average NFL quarterback of his quality. Like, usually if you're that good, at some point, your personality is going to trip you up. And it might take a little while, but you can't just like be Brett Favre and win three or four Super Bowls. Like, uh, you, can, like, you can have a great career, but like, sooner or later, the inherent Farviness is going to outpace, outpace the rest of it. And Pat Mahomes just seems like a normal guy who's incredibly good at football. Have you seen his, have you seen his brother? Yes, I think that's what it is. I think it's like <laughs> a twins scenario. That all of the problematic stuff. Like I don't think that Patrick Mahomes wants to be on TikTok, but his brother is just like, his personality is like 30% TikToks. Yes. And that's like, so somehow he's like, he, in the, you know, maybe, um, you know, just consumed that half of Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> like in vitro or something. But he's like, yeah, that's where all the, uh, all the junk is. That guy's just going to be getting in trouble at nightclubs while Patrick Mahomes is at home watching game <laughs> for the rest of his career. Well, he is David Roth from Defector. I look forward to, uh, Breaking down whatever Aaron Rodgers says after coming out of darkness later this week. With oh, you next my week. God, yeah. Never been more excited. Thanks, guys. Have Thanks, a good one. Thanks. So there's David Roth from Defector here on ESPN Las Vegas. Coming up next, UNLV basketball takes on San Jose State tonight. Left, now back to the right. Harkless open for a three, but he, I don't know if it was deflected or what. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, that ball was a foot short, it, and they're going to give I mean, it to San Jose? Either it was blocked or it was fouled. I mean, what is it? Yeah, I mean, something happened. He didn't shoot the ball 18 feet from 19. And Kevin Kruger is furious. So the Rebels empty on their first possession as the officials missed either a deflection or a foul. Text Granny and Bischoff at 69187 with the word ESPN. That was apparently the first possession of the game. It was... I don't know if it was a three-pointer. It could have been that short. Could have been. He has not the best well shooting team. team. No, he's, well, he hasn't it, shot well. That was during overtime. Line. Ah, in overtime. Okay. Oh, that's when that's when Harkless was yeah. tired. Yeah. So, you know, we play San Jose State tonight. They lost the first game with them in overtime in San Jose. And if you remember how that went, you know, we trailed by 11 at halftime. You just heard it. And then EJ Harkless had an incredible second half. Leads a comeback. They get to overtime. But then Harkless just couldn't. He was he was done. He they had a comeback, scored all their points, and then he was just done. And I think he might have just missed the entire rim uh, because he was, was kind of tired. Um, San Jose State. Here's a fun fact: they're currently ranked 100th in Ken Palm. The highest San Jose State has ever finished in Ken Palm is 110th, and that was all the way back in 2001. 
Sounds like a rebel football team. Coach of the year, 10 miles. He probably deserves it, even though there's going to be like four teams in the NCAA tournament and he's not one of them them. and he's going to be like the sixth seed. Right. He probably deserves it because this is potentially the best San Jose State basketball team ever. If people have ever been in that high school gym up there. (laughs) Hey, that's nice. And realize how difficult it is to recruit there. If he finishes top six, he deserves coach of the year. I mean, doing anything at that school. Sorry. Spice cake, right? He's gone. Yeah, he's he left us. Wow. Oh. Uh, but no, if anything at that school in terms of recruiting, um, amazing job. San Jose State's path to finishing top six is tough because they're on the road tonight against UNLV. Uh, they host New Mexico. They go to Reno. They host Boise State. Those are their next four games. They could very easily lose all four. They're they currently fall to eighth or ninth. Yeah, they're currently six and six. They could very easily fall to six and ten. Mm. They do end the year with a home game against Colorado State, which they'll be favored in, and then they go to Air Force, which they might they be favored in. It's on the road, but so they do have two much more winnable games to close out the regular season. But they could very easily be six and ten right. heading into those last two. Um, if they manage to pick up one of the next four, they're in pretty good shape to finish nine and nine. Um, and they might, I mean, they beat UNLV already once this year. So I mean, they, they might, they just beat Utah state at yeah. home. So in New Mexico at home, they could win that. Yeah. And so it's, it's possible, but it is potentially the best San Jose state team in a long ever. time. Um, so UNLV is one and a half games back of San Jose state in the mountain West standings. They're actually, UNLV is actually only a game and a half back of New Mexico too, by the way. Because New Mexico suddenly can't win Mountain right. West games, so right. they're only UNLV's only one and a half games back of fifth. New Mexico lost at Air Force this yeah. past week. Five seed gets a bye, so it's not completely out of the question that UNLV could catch New Mexico at this point. They're still not projected to because the other issue is a: if they lose to San Jose State tonight, they don't have the tiebreaker on San Jose State. You're too late, Jared. And b: they've already b. lost the tiebreaker to Fresno State. Right. So if UNLV loses tonight, they will be down on the tiebreaker to two different teams that they're going to finish with roughly the same record. So even if you could catch New Mexico, there's a chance, good chance you finish behind one of Fresno State or San Jose State. Um, Luis Rodriguez, by the way, he was limited in practice yesterday. Mm -hmm. Mike Romala tweeted out that uh, he is, quote, playing through some stuff. He missed two games in late January due to injury. Before that, he had played 33 or more minutes in every single Mountain West game. Since coming back, he's yet to play 30 minutes in a Mountain West game. So he went, he, I think he actually played more minutes than EJ Harkless before his injury. So he went from being the number one guy in minutes to like the number four or five guy in minutes. So seems pretty obvious they're limiting him a little bit. Right. We'll see how effective he is. I did not give you these numbers yesterday, though, but I'm going to keep doing it every single show until something changes. Oh, hold on. Let me guess. Okay. David Mwaka. All right. David Mwaka. Uh, David Mwaka. Actually, he played 20 minutes against San Diego State. So the most he's played in a while. Victory Waco also played 20 minutes. He scored 12 points. Most of that was in garbage time. So we're not really going to give him too much praises for the 12 points there. But in that beatdown against San Diego State, when David Mwaka was on the floor, UNLV outscored, outscored, San Diego State by five. When he was off the floor, San Diego State outscored UNLV by 16. And over just the last three games, 
When David Milwaukee is on the floor, UNLV is plus 28. When David Milwaukee is off the floor, UNLV is minus 32. A 40-point swing (laughs) over the course of three basketball games. Not an entire season, not even the entire conference season. Three games. One week worth of basketball. It's a 40-point swing when David Milwaukee is on the floor versus Victory Waco or Keyshawn Hall. And David Milwaukee is not in the starting lineup. He is not playing as many minutes as Victory Walker. But he is playing, so it can't be it can't be injury. It's we know it's obviously not that. We don't know what it is. It's literally just Kevin Kruger's dying is. on a hill, some coaching hill that he wants to die on, and his team's going down with him. That's it. That's all it is. From what they've said, it's just he he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to be more assertive. Like all this intangible crap. And Kevin Kruger's dying on this hill. Because his team is 40 points better with Milwaukee on the floor versus Iwako over the course of the last three games. Doesn't take charges. <laughs> he actually shouldn't. If David Milwaukee takes a charge, he should be benched. He's the tallest guy on the floor. <laughs> Just put your hands up in the air. If he takes a charge, I will agree. Get the hell out of the game. I've just tried to like quantify like how do you show grittiness? But you're you're right. If he took a charge, Kruger might be like, "That's right. That's what we want to see." But it's it's just it's just this intangible, assertive, aggressive. It's like he catches the ball in the paint and he doesn't just turn and dunk on somebody, right? He takes a dribble or he fades away and takes like sort of a one-handed shot instead of going straight up. Like there are certainly things Milwaukee can be better at offensively, right? He certainly can be more aggressive. It's not that Kevin Kruger's wrong in wanting him to be more assertive. It's that even without that, even with Milwaukee as timid as he is, he's still better than anybody else they have to play that position. And for some reason, Kevin Kruger's dying on this hill of you need to dunk on everybody because you're tall. And they're they're losing because of it. I mean, they're, they're, they're bad when he's not on the floor. Well, they were going to lose the other day no matter what. <laughs> they were. They were indeed. <laughs> Didn't matter who was on the floor the other day. They're down 20 at halftime. So I will make this prediction tonight. David Mawaka plays more minutes than Victory Waco for the first time in like a month. What time is it? 7.58. He's already called a shot. Calling a shot. 7.58. He called the shot on, is it Tuesday? Tuesday morning. <laughs>